All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. What an excellent day for an exorcism. Horror. There is no shortage of monsters to haunt our dreams. Horror. You got red on you. They're coming to get you, Barbara. And welcome to another brand new episode of Oh the Horror. It's a horror movie podcast where we take a look at classic and modern horror films from an expert and a newcomer's perspective. I'm the newcomer Steve Allman. And I'm the expert Rob Holmes. And today we are taking a look at Wormwood Road of the Dead. Uh yeah. Rob, what do you th- what do you think of this one? Uh so this movie. This movie came out in 2014 originally, right? It's an exploitation film that's an Australian exploitation film. Yes. It is... Oh, man. It it parallels bad taste so almost to a T, right? So it took... It's... Um, well, it took Kai Roach-Turner and his brother Tristan Roach-Turner. I probably butchered their names. Um, it took them four years to get this made. This was the same as like how Peter Jackson tried to make bad taste, and it took four years to get made. And in the end, uh, for Peter Jackson, it took the New Zealand government coming in and, and giving more of a budget to him. And in this case, it was the Australian government coming in and giving them more of a budget in order to complete the film. So right. it's interesting to see what their first foray into filmmaking, other than short films, was going to be. I like this movie a lot, man. I think it's really well made for the fact that it was made on weekends for over the course of four years. I And here's the thing. like, There's a lot of instances where a movie comes along and you can tell that it is... Uh, it's, it's shoestring budget. It's right. tying together everything that it possibly could to like really try its best to come together. And it works. Like this movie works like in a lot of good ways. Yeah. Um. It it has like that. It, it like is it the is it the most you know Academy Award win- winningest film? Absolutely not. Uh. It's I, I'd like to refer to it as scrappy. This movie is, and yeah, not just yeah. in the terms of its uh <clears throat> like you know its tone and its story, right. but like for the sake of like what it's doing with its budget, the tone that it's representing, uh, it's very tongue in cheek. It's very, it knows exactly what it's doing when it's having dialogue this way or having a certain, uh, it, it has a certain character about it that it's schlocky but earnest. It's endearing yet still not that great. Uh, I, I, I still like it quite a bit. Like yeah, it's, yeah. it's a very, very interesting, it's a specific vibe that I'm trying to describe here. Uh, but I think you know what I'm talking about. No, I, I do know what you're talking about. To me, this is one of the best independent horror films to come out in a very, very long time. When you have a budget that's a, that is that small. So originally, these guys thought, okay, we've made a bunch of shorts. If you if you put them all together, that's like a feature. We could do this six months and what, maybe $20,000? No, that, that wasn't the case. It was four mm-hmm. years and $150,000. And then basically from there, the Australian government came in and gave them another $800,000 to finish the movie. Which is a lot of money. It is a lot of money, but when you're looking at it, this movie, 
when all was said and done, I think it was $1.4 million budget over the course of four years. Which is just barely keeping, like, the gas in the tank for a you car. Would, you like, would, well, it's a... <laughs> in this movie, yes. Um, yeah, this is a very... The fact that they had a budget that was as small as it is and to be able to pull off something that looks as good as it does, I am genuinely amazed. Right. And you could, but like, and like, let's, let's be fair. Like you could tell that they're cutting corners. You could probably tell that they're, they're being, you know, cheaper and more economic, but it's, it's all to the betterment of what it's doing because it's never like never a dollar wasted on screen. I will say that for as cheap as it looks, never a dollar wasted. See, I don't think it looks cheap. I think it has a cool look to it. I think they're going for that wide angle lens that has more of that at times when I'm watching how this is filmed. It kind of has that revenant look to it. Very true. It has that. Like, it's very nineteen seventies. It's very well. It's got this. Like, it's again, got this like fisheye lens almost at certain times when it's moving around. It also has that nineteen seventies grindhouse approach to it. They they definitely went with that and embraced it and made it gritty. I like the fact that the camera is immersive. The fact that they did a lot of crazy push ins and cuts very Sam Raimi, Evil Dead, Darren Aronofsky, Requiem for a Dream style. There's a lot going on with this film that's great. Cheesy lines of dialogue aren't really there. There, There's some stuff that's a little... It never seems overly cheesy. Let's put it that way. It never seems... It's it's never groan-inducing where you're just like, oh, God, why are they doing this? Yeah, it's a stylized type of camp as it were yes. because it yeah. it is very reminiscent of evil dead it is very reminiscent of uh like the grindhousey mad maxes of of yesteryear sure. and stuff like that it's it's got a lot of styles going for it none of which i like and this is going to sound bad but it's not like it doesn't really seem to have a cohesive style like if i if you could say like oh this is ripping off sam raimi but it's the whole movie it's not oh this no. is ripping off so and so it's not but it's it's got like a certain shot will show this or a certain like uh, like dialogue scene will be mm-hmm. shot this way and it's very different almost at every turn uh yeah i feel like it pays to, homage again, to, to a its lot better. of things yeah it feel, it pays homage to a lot of things but it never it never feels cheap it never feels like it's going for something that it just can't live up to there's a exactly. lot of strange elements in this that flesh it out to become a larger world now um Wormwood is going to be a TV series. That is the next step of this. And for, it's this been in development for this creative for, team as well. Right. And it's been in talks for a little bit for that to happen. Uh, the director has another film that came out recently that he's done. And, but I think after, since that's wrapped, it's going back to uh, this, hopefully, to Wormwood. Because I'd like to see more th- more stuff happen with this. It's a very... It's zombies, but not done in the traditional sense of zombies. Very true, and it, it's a it's at least a very very much a refreshing take because the world that they're in is quite stylized and it is quite uh, unique with the, the story that they're telling. <clears throat> it's I, very I dark like that too. Quite a bit. It is it is not. This is not a happy movie. It's cool and it's fun. I have a really good time watching it. But when yes. you realize how morbid and messed up and twisted a lot of stuff that's happening, that's going on, especially in the beginning. So the movie 
revolves around, I think we start with a bunch of zombies attacking this barn. And we get this really cool slow motion scene of them just getting blown to bits. And this guy, Benny, talking about how his uh, brother and friend were murdered by zombies. Like he was, you know, they went out there to camp and then he had to make his way through. And he asks this guy, Barry, what happened to you? And Barry doesn't want to talk about it, but we get that flashback to see. Right. That he had a normal life. And that flashback back looks different than the rest of the movie. <laughs> like, well, yeah. It, 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 like, I can, I can see, like, it, it, I'm not saying that there's a delineation of, like, mm-hmm. what they shot, when they shot it, because that's kind of hard to tell. But right. you can definitely tell, like, what sort of energy that certain scenes have and mm-hmm. what scenes don't. And not that anything's lacking in this movie, but, like, they're like, okay, like, now that we're back at this, like, you know, in, its, in our 19th month, uh, let's try something like this that they well, didn't think of before. I, I see that as a yes and a no. I also see it as a way to differentiate time. For stuff Very that true. already has happened, you have more of that bluish tone to it. And for mm-hmm. stuff that's currently going on, you have the warmer tones. So they go with the cool tones and the warm tones throughout for that. What I what I find interesting is we get this little hint of what Barry's life is like. You know, he has, he's a mechanic. He's got a wife. He's got a kid. Everything seems totally fine. And then the zombie apocalypse just starts to happen. So uh, the weird part is right away they go for gas masks that they just have. So I don't know what world this is that we live in, but everybody seems kind of expecting something like this to happen. Like, Everybody's prepped like very quickly. <laughs> like no one, yeah, they, no I, one's surprised that zombies are really exist. They're a little surprised, but not to the way you would expect it, them to be. Exactly, it's very matter of fact. <laughs> where you're like, yes. all right, well, looks like we're doing this. We're in Australia <laughs> or something like that. It gets a. It's very. I don't know. Like it, it, again, you. It's a conceit that I'm willing to give it because. Oh yeah. The game. The, the movie just seems game for it all. Uh, it just, and it I runs really with like it. that. There, yeah, it runs with everything. And if if questions aren't answered, that's okay. Mm-hmm. They don't necessarily need to be. I think a lot of what's going on in this just just works. And if the TV series comes out, you can flesh it out further there. Right. Um, um, I, th- I th- Speaking of the look of this, uh, let's talk about the makeup effects, where I think that's probably like the most surprisingly like high, high, high quality uh, yeah, the zombie makeup. The zombie makeup's amazing. The contacts that they use are awesome. It's very gory. It's very bloody. The mm-hmm. the makeup is is extremely extremely well done. And most of the time, so Barry has a sister, Brooke, and when this zombie attack happens, she is she's filming something. Um, over, I think it's like a BDSM video or something, right? It seems like yeah. that's what it is, or a photo shoot for that. And then all of a sudden, people get bit. The girl who's tied up wearing the makeup gets bit. And that's a cool zombie effect, too, when she's got this um, Day of the Dead style makeup on. Yeah. Those, and all those of a sudden, she's and a, like the cheeks and all that. Yeah. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, she becomes a zombie. That was an interesting way to go about it. And then all of a sudden, these gas mask dudes break in and end up abducting Brooke and she becomes kind of a guinea pig for this crazy doctor because people either turn into whatever this whatever happened um that infected people you either turn into a zombie right away or you can you you just don't yeah like you're either immune 
or you're not. Well, actually, no, it's not even you're immune or not. If you get bit, but some people turned right away just from being out in the air. Some people, it seemed, when they got bit, they changed, and other people, it didn't matter what happened to them, they were okay. Exactly. If you had the A-negative blood type, it turns out, you're fine. But if you don't... you're going to have a bad time. Which is a very specific rule. It's a very interesting and specific rule that I'm just like, okay, well, you're probably going to be calling back to this later. <laughs> but I think it works because with that, with that type of call out on there and then to be able to find out that these doctors, it's like some weird experiment where this doctor is taking this, the people who turn into zombies, taking part of their brain fluid or spinal fluid or whatever and injecting it into Brooke. And Brooke starts to go yeah. through changes. And Brooke starts to develop telekinesis through zombies. Like, she can see into the minds of them and control them and mass after a while, which is really... It's an interesting way to go about it. Right. And it's... A, and you Because you say interesting because I'm like, well, a lesser movie would do this and make it seem really stupid. Mm-hmm. And... This is like okay, like you're again. I'm rolling with it at every single turn. Right. I'm I'm finding myself being like, okay, all right, we're we're doing this now, and it's not a it's never a bad thing. I'm never fully giving in to uh the ridiculousness of what's being put in front of me. I think it's just more of like this is the camp, this is the style. Again, it's that it's all of the things that Peter Jackson in his early days would have been so proud of. Oh uh, yeah. to to immediately want to keep going forward. I just I I really appreciate the uh stylistic choices all of which to make this uh seem just over the top enough for me to be game for all of it. There's a lot of stuff that they did it seemed like on the fly with this movie in order to make it work. Um, uh, one yes. of which was when the guy we meet in the beginning who's smoking pot all the time, Chalker, he mm-hmm. he's supposed to be in the movie as the sidekick through the entire film. He's essentially Benny's character, right? Well, right. halfway through production, he ends up getting a role in a play or something, and he's like, I'm busy, man. I can't do this. I can't do the film anymore. So they're like, okay, and they kept shooting around it. And you're introduced to his character as he's moving through the woods. He stands still for a second, and all of a sudden, his head explodes because it gets blown off by Benny's (laughs) shotgun. And then Benny appears out of nowhere. Oh, hey. Oh, are you okay? No, you killed him. And he's like, oh, is is he going to be all right? And you just saw the dude's head explode. (laughs) It's it's so so tongue-in-cheek. It's so very... But it works because then it literally picks up with Benny just filling right in like Chalker was never there at all. Exactly. And it's it, it works twofold because, A, like it's a very huge like, oh, my God, this was a central character that just gets offed halfway through the movie. Who, who like, we think is a central <laughs> character. And it's within the first tw- maybe 30 minutes or so. Right. Like, it, it, we're only with him for five minutes, but we're like, oh, this is the guy who he's going to be with for the whole movie. And then all of a sudden, right. dead. I, exactly. And I, it's, it's such a, like, it's a very good bait and switch for a like for a fix to a interesting problem that they had yeah. where it's just like, all right, well, we need another exposition character. Here it is. <laughs> That's it. Uh, I, I liked that a lot. It was very clever um, mm-hmm. because it's, it, it's adding to the violence. It's adding to everything that's kind of going to make this movie very raucous and out there. 
Um, it was yeah. good. I really like to talk about like the costume design and all of these like other like like these soldiers right. with all these get like it's it's such a it's such an intricately thought out like style of design that is very much an ode to all of these uh, Australian cult films of yesteryear. Obviously, Mad Max. Obviously, right. uh, all of these types of doomsday types of movies. Again, I, I know that we mentioned like the Fallout games like last time, but again, this is very reminiscent. It is. Of the it is very. This to me is almost more reminiscent of Fallout, and it takes something that we're used to in these type of films, where gas is a precious commodity, and takes every mm-hmm. type of combustible fuel and makes it inert. Why? Yeah. Whatever happened. Whatever happened has caused everything to become inert, but. It's also done some things that video games have done. This is why I like this film a lot. Very true. The zombies emit methane or whatever type of combustible gas, and you see it kind of pouring out of them during the day. They find out that you can ignite that, and they start using the zombies as fuel. Basically, they pump, yeah. they put a bunch of stuff in them, and it's like that's their engine to run their car. And I think that's awesome. But then at night, the fuel isn't emitted from them. They're using it to move faster and become more vicious. And in a lot of video Which games, is... it's the zombies are okay during the day, but at night, like Dying Light, I think, is a prime example of that. During the right. day, you can kind of fight them, but at night, you better be moving because there's almost no chance in hell because they'll tear you apart. They literally introduced power-ups to this this uh, yep. this lore. It's, yeah. it's, it's a crazy type of notion, but I'm just like... Are these zombies just like upgrading themselves every time that like as I'm watching that I was like this is mm-hmm. yeah that's but that's see what this doing. could it, it, the thing about Wormwood that is perfect to me you could set it up for a video game and you already have believable characters that have different powers you have a guy who is a good mechanic and can build and craft things then you have his sister who has telekinesis and can control hordes of zombies then you also have to get across the barren wasteland by finding zombies and using them as fuel. But you can do it during the day, but not at night, because at night the fuel becomes inert, and then it's almost like you just have to survive. So there's so much going on with it that makes it intricate. It's not your traditional... um, It's not even like something of Walking Dead where, okay, we just have to... Zombies are going to come out here, and they just will always be here. And then people might show up, and they might invade and try and take our stuff. Right, exactly. Rinse and repeat. And that's that's the show. That's what that is. But when you have something where now you're dealing with a character as telekinesis, you have the military and scientists somehow involved with this. You have people who are just trying to survive, and then... There's so much going on. It's so intricate. Exactly. It's a it's a fully realized world that they uh, tried to give us here, and it it works. It's spectacularly in like ninety uh, minutes, pretty much, or, or right. an hour and thirty some minutes. It gives us mm-hmm. it gives us this fully fleshed world that has rules. The rules don't fully make sense, but that's okay because you can expand upon it and make it where they do because the characters exactly. seem to just mm-hmm. seem to just go okay yep this is how things are let's go with it yeah i'm i'm fully i i fully respect everything that it's trying to do because it, again it never gets too big for its britchards because it it, it explains away almost everything that needs yeah. to be done yeah uh, i i it's it's so 
it's again, I, I respect all of its scrappiness and ingenuity for doing what it did for so long for so little. Uh, yeah. It's it's really, really great. Um, I, I, th- I think something th- that's also uh, to, to note is uh, a pretty good soundtrack from what I'll say. Uh, yeah, the, I mean the soundtrack. The soundtrack solid. More, it is, yeah. It's it's a bit more like I don't want to say generic, but like it fits well with its tone because mm-hmm. everybody is just kind of like the movie's having a good time, and so is the is the music here. Uh, Absolutely. Like I'm yeah. I, I I'm reminiscent of like when you know they're in they're stuck inside that lab and they're all chained up and like he's doing he's doing that funky little dance to like okay he's about that to them. the second that started up. The first time I saw this, when it came out, you're watching it, and it's like, okay, this is pretty cool. It's interesting. The guy has to kill his wife and his kid. That's pretty dark. And then tries to kill himself, yeah. and it does not work. Uh, you know, he's out yeah, of nails. Yeah, straight up does not. And it's it's an interesting moment, and then Chalker has to save him from himself moment. But then we're introduced to this doctor, and he just starts doing this weird, crazy dance as he's going through and at that point, I'm like, this is a very special film. This is this is like a director, writer, producers who know what they're doing and know what they're getting into. They know that they're creating this gonzo, unique world, and they're not afraid to they're not afraid to just go there. And it, you know, I talked about in the last film, uh, Jean Pierre Junet or Jean Pierre Junet and Marc Caro. This has a lot of vibes of like the movie Delicatessen as just being strange and a little weird and just out there. You're in this kind of just different world altogether. And that's mm. that's what this has a feel of. And it's just fun and strange. And the Doctor is one of my favorite characters in this because there's that moment where he's, he's going up uh, to Brooke like he's going to inject her again with something else or kill her or do whatever. Right. And he's like, I'm just fucking with you. And it's like, it's, whoa, yeah, it, what? It's a wild thing. It's a, it's a really mm-hmm. wild thing that they're just like, keep going for. And I, again, the, the entire way that that scene's shot, like it's that like static shot to like the buzz saw, like every time that that right. goes. And then with like the weird energy that like, it's just like, he's moving with it. Like it, the camera movement, like is so interesting in this scene. Uh, like it's it's reflective of the entire movie, but like I was really taken with this scene because it's all over the place, and right. it's it still works. Mm-hmm. It still works. I it's a it's a very I'm very glad that you showed me this because it's while it's not even like my favorite movie that we've had on this show, it's very much one of the most unique and one of the like more respectable types of entries for an independent horror film. Because I remember when you, you and I wanted to start this show right? and uh, you said like, honestly, horror as a genre more or less sucks because about 90% of the, the movies in it are garbage. Yeah. And it's because of reasons like this, where like kind of everybody wants to try to do it. Who's an yeah. up and coming dir- director or filmmaker. And they think that that's something that they can do easily when it's not easily done at all. And not at all. No. When you see somebody with the dedication and uh, gumption to stick with a film and have a like dedicated uh, vision for it, it's it's where you get movies like this, where like, oh, do I hope that these guys get to do more? Because th- this yeah. is it's great that they got well, to it, finish that the, that this came across the finish line. Well, and there's some parts of it that are just unflinching, like when when the one guy. Um, 
I think it's Frank. He gets bitten, right? And right. he gets his wrist broken. That's what happens when they're inside of their um, makeshift vehicle that they've welded together into their death mobile, right? And he gets his wrist broken, and he knows he's going to turn. And I'm expecting there to be one of those heartfelt moments where someone's, oh, we can't do it, we can't kill you, or you go to the outside of the car and then you see the blood splatter or you just hear a gunshot. Nope. As he's aiming the gun at him, he just pulls the trigger, blows his brains out while he's still human. It's crazy. Yeah, and it's that's not the type of thing that you see in a zombie movie. Like, you, you because don't it's always that. faced with those things of yeah. survival and those tough choices where it's just like, Hey man, here's a here's a completely different option. Like, yeah, you know, but here's... but it's but it's true though because he are in. I I see this as like him acting how his character would really act because he he killed his wife and he killed his kid already. Do you think he's gonna hesitate on shooting this guy in the head when he asks him to? He's not gonna hesitate at all. He was trying no, to put no, no, a, a, a nail in his own head earlier. So that's. That's something I really liked about this. I like that Benny does his self-sacrifice. I loved the fact that we had a, a villain fight at the end, a real villain fight with the captain. Who it's 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 straight up like a final boss fight. It's, it's and crazy. that's that's why I say this is like a video game film. It works yeah, so no, it, well, mm -hmm. and it's it's just like level after level after level thing that they oh, have sure. to keep going up against and i almost think that because this movie took so long to make that's kind of what helped it is that you oh, had sure. I, you had to keep it going to keep it upping the ante all the way through if you're working on something like this for four years you want to keep that energy at almost a breakneck pace absolutely i it's a like this does for for a movie that took so long to film and complete uh it never seems to lose sight of the uh, of the goal post here yeah. Uh, it never it seemed to like lose its way. It never was out of left field something because it's like, all right, well, we're back in this year three and this is the scene that we've got to finish up now. It It's very much like, okay, arrow focus and it's not letting anything get in its way. Even if, if it lose, loses cast members or comes in and out of budget, it's, yeah. uh, it, it's wild. It, it's, it's really, really interesting. Um, I, I think to to more surmise like a a damn solid recommend here, um, if if anything just for the like in the myriad of uh, like low budget independent horror films that you will obviously come across in a red box or a, an on demand situation, this is one that you should actually look out for. Yeah, this is one that it's you know it's harder to find on something like Redbox, but anytime you can find this film, <clears throat> you should see it. Uh, what's funny is that in, I think it was around February 2015, this film had just been out for a few months, it was one of the most pirated films online. That's crazy. It, because people had heard about it. This kind of made the the underground circuit, you know, it wasn't coming out in the U.S. for a while, right? So I know a lot of people were just trying to hunt this down wherever they could online. And then in Australia, it became really popular over there and people were doing the same thing because it was hard. I think you only had a limited amount of places where you could request to see it. There was, there was exactly. like a whole thing where you could request to watch the movie and then you could, but I think some people just got fed up and they just wanted to see it because it's just so this movie just just pushes the limits and just goes all the way with it. And that's why I like it. I think it's 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 not willing to make doesn't really make any compromises. It just goes all the way. 
you know, as far as being yeah, no, exactly. violent and visceral and just gritty as hell at times. I mean, I was looking at this thing. They had a little uh, couple of notes on how much blood they used in this. And it was like 200 liters of fake blood, 50 liters of fake sweat, over 100 rolls of gaffer tape, and over like 2,000 cable ties and stuff. And that was just right. like a small little thing in this newspaper article that they we're talking about when they interviewed the directors of this. Um, That's a fascinating count because like it's like it gives you a peek yeah. it, it gives you a peek into the ridiculous amounts of numbers and and prep time it goes into just a small budget film. Like you, you like we keep forgetting how much time and effort it takes just to make a movie look even this good. Uh yeah. for the amount of effort and time and dedication that it puts in. It's it, it's really Something and like the more and more you know about what it takes to make a film, the more and more you respect uh, when it even comes out remotely good. Uh, yeah, well, what I mean, it took to the, make it that way. It, some of the slow mo is really awesome, especially when you combine it with some of the headshots in this film. There, True. the the effects work is absolutely spectacular. What they what they are able to do in this, I'm I'm just super impressed with it. If somebody is is looking to make a horror film and they're an indie filmmaker, this is you have to have this and bad taste have to be on your list because I think bad Very taste true. is something to look at when it about you know when it was 30 years ago or 35 years ago when he was making that, and then you can look at something like this where it's okay we're moving ahead, you know 25 30 years. Let's see what people are able to do with modern technology and around that same type of budget, you know? Right. Because, because again, like it has a, quite a few modern trappings of filmmaking, like digital blood and stuff like that. Sure. Some CG effects when necessary. Uh, it's, it's a toss up really as to when they implemented it, rather, is it like, okay, do we, do we use it because we lack the budget or do right. we spend it because we don't have the time to do something more practical? It's that kind mm -hmm. of problem solving that is act that is literally on screen, and you can tell that it's used uh, effectively, sparingly, yes. and uh, to the betterment of like the actual movie. Which you know, again, it's it's adding points to its board already. Yeah, um, this yeah. this is one of those that I mean, obviously, this is a huge highly recommend for me. Um, yes. I almost feel like this is just required viewing for people. And if you like any Australian films or Australian horror, yeah, top of the list. Like this and The Loved Ones, I think, are my two top Australian Ooh, horror okay. films. I mean, yeah, yeah this, this is definitely there for sure. Uh, mm -hmm. Solid recommend all around. And uh, I think with that, it is going to do it for us this week. Uh, yeah. What do we got going on next week, Rob? So we got a little double feature um, going on. We're going to take a look at Dead Snow and Dead Snow 2 Red vs. Dead. I have been waiting for us to talk about Dead Snow because I've like I've only I've only like seen half of it once and I still don't even know if I had an opinion on it then. I, I think it was at a time when, you know, Nazi zombies were kind of in vogue and right. uh it was kind of peak uh that trend. And uh, I'm wanting to see. I'm willing to see whether or not it holds up. Now, are you saying you had only you haven't seen the second one then? No, I have not seen the second one. Oh man, okay. Dead Snow. Well, the first Dead Snow 2009, Dead Snow 2 2014. The first one is completely, I think, Norwegian, and then the second one is split between um, half U.S. production, half Norwegian production. Right. 
This was Tommy Ricola after he had done uh, he had done the first one, then he did Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters, then he did Dead Snow 2. Okay. Interesting. So, but yeah, that's uh they're two very different yet similar movies. They, you know, you'll you'll notice, you'll see what I mean when you when you watch them. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Uh but until then, uh Rob, why don't you tell everybody where we can be found on the internet? Well, uh, you can download the podcast anywhere that you get your podcasts. So that could be iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, any of those, or and more. Uh, you can also find us at OhTheHorrorCast.com and on any social media platforms at OhTheHorrorCast and at OhTheHorror. All right. Yeah, that should about do it for us. Uh, thank you guys again so much for listening. And thank you to all these uh, new listeners. We've been doing... Uh, a great job with uh, with some of our numbers, and we're really appreciative uh, for you guys listening. And uh, we we uh, we couldn't be happier to uh, hear from you guys. So thank you guys once again. And until next time, I'm Steve Allman, and I'm Rob Holmes, and we'll talk to you again soon. Look at me, Damien. It's all for you. Now it is time to keep your appointment with the Wicker Man. There's no more room in hell. The dead. <laughs>